We're live. Episode 50. Thoughts from the Shade. And we are literally live here tonight. TFTS headquarters. Our first live episode. Bomb is sitting across the table from me. This is uh this is interesting. This is new. I'm used to looking at my computer and staring at you, but but here you are in the flash. What's up, dude? This is gonna be a tough, a tough episode. I'm normally used to to basically you talking and me just scrolling the internet, not really listening. Now I'm forced to pay attention to you. You're sitting right in front of me. Uh, I can't believe you're wearing a flyer shirt after that despicable season, but we're here live in the flesh. 50, had to do it live. Fuck it. You write it. I'll do it live. Here we are. Yeah, I got the flyer shirt on. Uh, it's just in the rotation for the gym in the summer. You know, you sweat, sweat in it, throw it in the hamper, forget about it, wear it again next week. It's like a rag at this point. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we just got to get right into it. Big loss uh, in the Philly sports radio world this week uh, with the departure of Mike Missinelli from 97.5 The Fanatic. How many years did he do? Man, I I couldn't even tell you. It's been so long. You know, you remember driving in on, or I should say driving home from high school, listening to Mikey Miss, you know, college, listening to Mikey Miss. Um yeah, he was just a fixture in the you know the Philadelphia sports talk uh, radio community, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I have mixed feelings about Mikey Miss. I feel like most people do. A lot of people say, like, it's a love-hate thing. Like, a lot of people either really love him or really hate him. Like, I li- after I heard the announcement yesterday, like, I turned it on. Everybody's calling in. Grown- You're making grown men cry, Mike. It's actually, <laughs> actually pretty funny, but... uh. Now, one of the guys was like, yeah, people either hate you or love you, man. And Mike's like, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I thought I thought Miss was pretty good. He, he was a staple, like you said. Um, smart guy, may, maybe too smart at times. But I think I think he did a good job with, like, interviews with coaches and GMs and players and holding people accountable. And, I mean, he's gone. Or did he's gone. Who's going to hold these people accountable anymore? Mm, uh, hopefully you and I. You're your on thoughts from the shade, but I, I totally agree with you. I mean, Mikey Miss, uh, you know, agree or disagree with him. I, I thought the guy always always did an honest day's work. I thought he was well-informed. It was clear he watched, watched the teams. He had an opinion on the teams. Whenever he was tasked with going on a national show, he always defended the fans, always defended the fan base, always defended, you know, the players that, that, that should be defended, and uh, got to respect that, so uh, – if this is it for Mikey Miss, you know, congrats on a heck of a career. Maybe he pops up somewhere else. Maybe he comes on as a guest. We just don't know, folks. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have a lot of free time. We're going to have to see what he's up to. He does, he's not sure about the next endeavor. Um, might stay at the station in some capacity, it sounded like. But it was kind of tough to listen to. I mean, like I said, I'm not the biggest Miss guy. Um, I, I didn't like how he treated some callers, you know, even though we say, too, like, We've got some pretty silly fans in this city, but yep, he would just cut people off and shit, and it was like pretty harsh. Um, but listening to him after he made the announcement, I mean, he was choked up, voice was rumbling. I mean, he wasn't the calm, cool, collected, like confident miss that that we know and love. And no matter what you think of him, like you just realize everybody's human. We all have emotions, and it, it was tough for him and. Again, you think about R. Diddy. He had the the monster send off like the whole month and everything. And then Miss, like, I don't know if he got the the word in the middle of the show on, <laughs> he on got t- the afternoon, yeah, <laughs> on Tuesday or what happened. But like that, that was a quick out for a guy that's really been uh, a huge part of Philly Talk Radio for a long time. Yeah, you would have liked to have seen him. Uh, you know, get, get a little bit of a, at least a week. You know, give him a little bit of a send off, but. Uh, Always have fond memories of Miss. I, I always used to call in uh, maybe about once a year about Eagles football with some absolutely radical take, the most recent one being that uh, Carson Wentz's wife it, uh, is, is manipulating and controlling and the reason why the guy refuses to be in the playbook anymore, and he gave me three minutes of airtime to make my point. Uh, he actually humored me quite a bit, uh, so I will respect Mikey Miss for at least listening to a theory on why this guy is an absolute bum. He did. He did give you a lot of airtime for that call, um, which I don't. I I find it kind of surprising. Like especially at the time, it, it felt like an outlandish take. Like I know you were one of the first people out on Wentz, uh, 
But that that call was spot on. I mean, if if we could get Mike on and ask him, play him the call, uh, and everybody can check it out. It's posted on Instagram. We repost it whenever something happens. It's that's relevant to the call. But if we could get him to listen back to that call <laughs> and see what he thought today, I'd I'd really be curious to hear what he had to say. But I wasn't much of a caller. I think I popped on sound off once and was bitching about like people buying Eagles jerseys for Christmas or something. And I was like, this team sucks. Don't even bother. Um, but, but the one time I actually did call into the show was 2012. And it was this time in 2012, the Flyers were in the playoffs playing, uh, the Penguins. And obviously I was up, up at Penn state. So it was all Flyers and Pittsburgh fans and, and the Flyers were, were killing it, won the series. And I called in the Mikey miss and I'm like, yo Mike, I'm up in state college. Like, <laughs> I'm real fired up, but I obviously didn't sound like that. Like I was all nervous and everything. And well, uh, that was before you were an award-winning podcast host. That's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, so I'm calling in, fi- fired up about the Flyers. He's like, he's like, are you sure you're fired up? You don't sound fired up. Like, <laughs> is, is there a Starbucks in State College? Like, you, you need a cup of coffee, man. Like, that's that's literally what he gave to me. And I don't know how the rest <laughs> of the call transpired, but. I know, like, my boys, we were all in the, the apartment together, and I, like, went in the other room, and they listened on the radio, and they were like, dude, that was fucking terrible. <laughs> so, always have that memory of uh, the Mikey Miss show, I guess. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens next. Uh, I guess this isn't my scoop by any means, but uh, Crossing Broad had has uh, Tyrone Johnson and Hunter Brody, I think is the fellow's name. Coming in as the replacement show. That's the rumor right now. Maybe some Ricky Batalico involvement. That's what I'm hearing. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to hear it uh, before I can make a call on it. You know, I don't really know Hunter. Uh, I, I like Ricky Bo's fire on the post game when the Phillies are getting pasted night in and night out. <laughs> and uh, I, f- I feel like Tyrone. Tyrone's with it. He knows what he's talking about. I'm not a Tyrone Johnson fan. I, I you know. There's a reason why the guy's not on Sixers post-game live. They put him on the show after six game, Sixers post-game live. Um, I don't. I know nothing about the guy who, who's going to be joining Tyrone. Ricky Bowe hopefully will be a, uh, a nice fixture addition there to the crew. I don't know. Maybe they have something if they can put those three guys together. Or maybe they have a bit of a rapport. I, I don't think Tyrone uh, or, or the other guy, given that I've never even heard of him, could carry a show the way Miss did. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to hear. Obviously, reserve judgment. Wish those guys well and hopefully uh, off to a good start here. It's always tough to replace a legend. Yeah, big big shoes to fill. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens, but you know, without without Miss or without our Diddy, maybe some years can turn turn our way because we're gonna hold people accountable. I mean, we'll get to the Phillies in a little bit, uh, but but we gotta talk some NHL playoffs first. Um, obviously, we had Game One of the Western Conference Final last night. What was that? Tuesday night. Um, Colorado Avalanche hosting game one against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, obviously, the, the big star-studded matchup, Nathan McKinnon versus Connor McDavid, Cal McCarr, the defenseman on Colorado, and Leon Dreisaitl, uh, the German for Edmonton. Just so many stars. Game one, Colorado ultimately wins 8-6. I mean, just, just completely insane. Like, Colorado's up 7-3 late in the second, and it's like 10-30 at night, and I'm like – I'm not going to go to bed yet. Like, I know this is going to be a run-and-gun series. Sure as shit, Adam gets it to 7-6 in the third. So, I mean, if you're not a hockey person and, you know, you're sick of the Phillies, uh, you know, you're still butthurt about the Sixers and you're not watching the finals, like, you, you, you got to flip this on. Uh, it's it's great action and should should be a long series. And then in the East, um, you got game one tonight as we're recording, Tampa Bay. And the Rangers, uh, the Rangers beat Carolina in seven. Good pick by me. It was looking good. Carolina was up 2-0. Um, but, yeah, Tampa Bay go- going for the three-peat. New York riding the back of uh, the young Russian and net, Igor Shesterkin. So it should be an interesting matchup there as well. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on the NHL playoffs right now? Not exciting. I mean, the West is going to be a great series. Uh, I'm super excited to watch the Rangers and the Lightning. Uh, I do want to call out one of our listeners, uh, huge Rangers fan. It was uh, <clears throat> obviously the Rangers went on the road in the last series and uh, uh, dropped the first two games down 0-2, coming back to the Garden. This particular fan of the pod and fan of the Rangers wrote them off, said they're done, said Panarin's a stiff, doesn't like the goalie. 
And what happens? They come all the way back uh, in game seven. They're on the road in Carolina playing against Rod Brindamore's Hurricanes. Rod Brindamore has never lost a game as a player, uh, a game seven as a player, had never lost a game seven as a head coach. In spite of all the worryment, in spite of all the doubt from this Rangers fan, your boy Bomb threw some bucks on the Rangers' money line, rode them all the way to an outright victory. Rangers in seven, and now we get to watch them get throttled by the Lightning. So I just want to call out that one listener, just a pathetic take, writing off his team. You would never do that with the Flyers, ever. No, nah, I mean, I I was an 82, not 82, but 70, 75 game-a-year guy up until this season, and, and, and the team's atrocious. So, like, yeah, I, I hung on to every little bit of hope that there was, and – I mean, we saw what happened in, what, 2010, 3-0 to Boston. We stuck with them there, took it to the cup final. Um, yeah, Ranger Rob, I mean, I, I'd love to get him on. If if the New York Rangers bounce the back-to-back champs, we'll have Ranger Rob on uh, before the cup final. And, and you can grill him a little bit. I'll have to hold him accountable. Somebody's got to. But I just want to go back to the game seven between Carolina and the Rangers. Um Great, great pick by you. Good wager there. But it, 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 honestly, to me, like, it just felt like for, for Carolina, they're at home, all the juice in the building, and they get, give up two early goals and, and just kind of fall flat. I mean, yeah, they were coming and whatnot, but Shesterkin is a wall. I feel like the Rangers were playing good defense. It just felt like it felt like a regular season Flyers game against, like, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Flyers are bringing everything they got but just can't find a way to score, don't have enough skill, don't have, have enough talent. Um, but but that happens in January for the Flyers. This happened to Carolina in the second round of the playoffs. And typically, like, the goaltender on that Columbus team or that random team is, like, it's his NHL debut and he mm-hmm. gets the shutout. Um, whereas, you know, Carolina's going up against one of the best up-and-coming goalies in the league in Shesterkin. But it, it just felt like a complete letdown for Carolina. They were up 2-0. They bl- Lose four or five. Um, what did you hurts. think? So game seven, what did you think of Carolina's goaltending issue? So obviously their their starter goes out, right? And I think he was their backup, right? Yep. They bring in the, the number three guy. It, it looked like one of those rent goalies the guy who's like an accountant and is like the backup goalie who's just at the stadium that day. Dude. I mean, the guy gets beat on the short side. It was one of the most – you could have put me in my catcher's gear from college. I would have had a better chance of stopping that puck than this guy. I mean, I mean, he goes out there with the all white pads, like like they just pulled him off the street or like from the from the AHL. Like he's got no, no paint on the pads, no paint on the helmet, and like the teams are allowed to carry three three goalies in the playoffs. Like you'd think no this, puck marks either, which means he ain't stopping anything. <laughs> I mean, that, this shit was clean white. You, you would think the guy could at least get a paint job be, being in the rotation for the playoffs, but no. I mean, R- Ronta went down and he played well at times in the series. Uh, he played like shit in Game Six. Not not the hottest start in Game Seven, and then uh, yeah, they they bring in this third stringer and they just start bleeding chances. Carolina bleeds like two, two odd man rushes. I, I I would say one or two probably ended up in the back of the net. Um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I was gonna say something else about about relating that to the Flyers, but well, I got something for the Flyers. So the, the, this Rangers goalie, what's his name? Igor Shosturkin. What year is he? Is he a rookie? I think it's his second or third year. If you could, if you could now uh, pick the Flyers goaltender of the future, are you taking Carter Hart or are you taking Igor? Oh, you got to take Igor at this point. I mean, the guy had like the best save percentage in a regular season in like sixty something years, like since nineteen forty six. I just don't understand how the Flyers can't. I mean, I don't know what nationality Igor is, but if you have a guy who's a goaltender and his name is Igor, that's your goaltender. That's just that. That's just what it is. Instead, we got this little snowflake, Carter Hart. From Canada, I don't know if he's eating flapjacks and going, uh, you know, who knows? Like, you know, going and get maple syrup or you know, chopping down. I don't know what the guy does. He just seems like a soft guy. Maybe it's because Carter is close in name to Carson, and I just can't get my arms around the guy that you know, th- thinking that this guy is the linchpin of the franchise. But we need to find a guy like Igor. Like, give me a guy who can stop a puck who's got like some sort of an Eastern European or Russian name. That to me instills fear in the opponent. We we can't have Carter Hart become become a Carson. It, it, it'll hurt. Jay, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just calling him as I see him. Nah, I, I feel you. And he, I mean, he's been okay, uh, but he hasn't put the team on his back. He he's not free of uh, 
free of blame for any of the Flyers' no, struggles. He'll put the, he'll put the Canadian Supermite Junior team uh, playing in a gold medal game for the Special Olympics on his back. I mean, like, all they talk about is how widely regarded this was. The, be- the best amateur goalie, the best Super Olympian of all time, and the guy can't stop a puck in a regular season game in January at the Wells Fargo Center. Because there's no fans, no juice in the building. I mean, yeah, I hear you. The, the thing I wanted to say about that game seven and kind of relating it to the Flyers and like all their struggles over the years is even when the Flyers are like pouring it on and they outshoot and outchance the other team, like they, they give up one odd man rush and it's in the back of the net. Like oh, that, always. that's that's exactly what happened to Carolina <laughs> in game seven. But I, I do got news for you. I mean, I think I think the signing happened a couple weeks ago, but I believe the, the guy's name is Ivan Fedotov. Or something, something along those lines. But he, he's a Russian goaltender in the Flyers' prospect Perfect. system, and they signed him to an NHL contract. He should be coming over and competing for uh, for an NHL job in the fall. So maybe maybe he's the guy. Ivan, like I'm putting my my full the full weight of the bomb endorsement is on Ivan. Like Ivan Ivan Fedotov sounds like a 1994 Detroit Red Wing like backstop, like Fedotov, Fedorov, all the boys. Over in Detroit. I mean, that, that's how you know you got a squad. Does the guy sound like he played for the Red Wings in the mid-90s? Boom, perfect. That's what we need. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, you had Cal- Calgary uh, to win the Cup pre-playoffs. Pathetic. I had Tampa Bay. I got Tampa Bay still alive. Um, we're literally sitting in front of the TV. That This is great. Uh, Puck is about to drop on game one. Uh, I'll give a pick on the series. I, I mean – it's going to be tough. I mean, I don't know if Braden Point's playing. I know he's nicked up. Been talking about that. Uh, Tampa Bay's had nine days off since the sweep. Rangers had one night off uh, after the game seven went against Carolina. I kind of think that they carry that momentum and maybe win game one at home in, in front of the faithful at MSG. Uh, but there, there's there's no shot in hell I'm picking against Tampa Bay. I think they get it done in, in six or seven. Uh, and they'll be playing for their third straight cup. What do you got on the series? Rangers lightning. Yeah, I got lightning at four. <laughs> lightning at four. <laughs> Is that just in spite of Ranger Rob? Yeah, Ranger Rob can can go pound sand. Um, the guy had no faith. Uh, you know, if it's not lightning in four, I hope it's I hope it's Rangers in seven, winning four straight. You know, going down three zero and having Ranger Rob throw in the towel yet again, and then come all the way back. But yeah, I mean, the Lightning are a better team. Uh, you know, the goaltender, in spite of. Uh, you know, of all the conjecture we, we had back and forth with uh, with New York's netminder. I mean, uh, th- this dude in closeout games for the Lightning is insane. Must win games. The guy the guy's outrageous. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you 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 bet on you bet on winners. When the New England Patriots had Tom Brady, you, you don't you don't bet against them in the Super Bowl. You take them. Uh, that's how I feel about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Until they prove you otherwise, you just take them. You have to, man, and like, yeah. We, I mean, we gave we gave a lot of love to uh, Shesterkin, but we didn't talk about Vasilevsky at all. I mean, he he is the best goalie in the world. Shesterkin might be coming for him, but until he's dethroned, Vaz, he's the guy. Uh, John Cooper is the best coach in hockey. I mean, they lost their entire third line from the Cup run last year, and they haven't skipped a beat. Braden Point's been out. I mean, this team just play, plays the right way. I mean, it's a hockey cliche thing to say, but th- they can beat any team in any way on any night, and, and I have a feeling that they'll figure out the Rangers pretty quickly. I mean, I said six or seven, but if Tampa Bay won in five, four, I mean, not, nothing would surprise me. What's the Vasilevsky stat? You, you might have that. It's something like one goal in his last eight or nine closeout games. It's something stupid. Yeah, I think it's one goal, and I think the one goal might have been in the first round. Uh, nah, he might have shut out Toronto. I can't remember, but, yeah, he's, he's, he's won like 15 in a row after a loss. <laughs> I mean, he's got – I mean, he gave up three goals in the whole series against Florida. Um, the, the guy's just a wall. Anything, uh, well, we got to pick the other series, right? Yeah. Colorado's up one nothing. Um, I mean, I, I'm surprised with Edmonton. I didn't think they had a lot of depth, but they look like they do. They look like, you know, they, they can grind a little bit, and Colorado kind of plays that high-speed, flashy, snap-it-around kind of game, so – if uh, if Edmonton can can knock them around a little bit and slow them down, I, I think they got a shot. Uh, obviously, Colorado's up one zero. I think they're the the deepest team left uh, and probably the most skilled team left. So I'll I'll take them, I'll take them in seven. I think Edmonton gives them a run here. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a good series. I got the Oilers in, in six. Um, I think they, they start to get hot. They got the best player in the world. Evander Kane looks like uh, looks like he's dusted about five years off the off the feet, off the skates. Um, I'm just going to roll with McDavid and, and, and say they get hot and, and close it out in six. Evander Kane's dusting off his wallet, too. He's going to have to open that bitch up. I think, I don't know if you saw, but I, I was scrolling Twitter last night after he scored the first goal in game one. And I believe his agent tweeted like the the money bag like emoji for Evander King because he's been like I wouldn't say he's been like a journeyman, but he was good. I think he was with Buffalo. He was good with the Sharks yep. for a couple of years and then kind of started fading. But I think he's earning himself another payday. So that's kind of where the agent's head was at, at least. Well, it's helpful when you had to fire file for Chapter Seven bankruptcy, right? So bad. Episode one, man. We gave that guy a bump. We did just just by talking about him in August. That's but the TFTS bump. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, what what a time! Phillies are unwatchable. NBA Finals are coming. I mean, I'm not tuning in religiously since the Sixers have been out. Uh, my focus is on the NHL. Uh, but but another baseball news. Uh, we we gotta we gotta talk about this a little bit. This whole Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson beef. <laughs> um, Tommy Pham, you got to help me out here, Bob. He plays for Cincinnati now. Yeah, he's on the Reds. He's been a little – he's been – for a guy who has had decent numbers, give you a sense of kind of where this guy's bopped around. Came up with the uh, the Cardinals, went over to Tampa where obviously they they put a premium on a certain type of player that maybe other, other teams don't. They try to find a guy who's a kind of a needle in a haystack type player who can perform uh, – who can perform in a in a manner that's uh, outsized relative to their to their contract? Then he ends up with the Padres last year. So keep in mind, right? Uh, Jock Peterson currently on the Giants was on the Dodgers. Tommy Pham on the Padres at the time. Uh, so division rivals, no different than maybe I guess you could say Phillies Mets, right? Same division, Padres and Dodgers. And I'll let you take it from here, Jay. Yeah. So I mean. I, I just heard about the slap first. Uh, yep. I guess it was a, a BP, you know. Uh, I, th- I want to say the Giants were taking BP and Jock was out there in the outfield and then Tommy Pham is, like, coming in from the bullpen or he's somewhere out in left field. I don't know. The altercation happens in left field. I think it was right field, out in, like, right center field near the warning track. Yeah. Out in the outfield, not really significant. Uh, I'm just wasting everybody's time here. But Fam ultimately, there's video of Fam slapping Jock Peterson in the face, and the I saw two clips after the fact of the media like scrum with Jock Peterson, and the short of it is that he was like talking smack and and making jokes in like a fantasy football group chat uh, about the Padres when when Tommy Fam played for them. After Tommy Pham, so so the whole Jock Peterson took about four minutes to describe the original beef. It was one of the funny. You have a major league baseball player, a guy in the fucking show, who's describing the dynamics of his fantasy football league in a dead serious manner. It wasn't like a beat reporter coming up to you and being like, "Oh, do you play fantasy football?" Like Jock Peterson is describing the roster transactions that occurred which led to this beef. So, in essence, what ended up happening was, I guess someone was ruled out uh, for, for a game on Sunday. Peterson stashes him and puts him on, like, injured reserve or whatever, um, you know, mechanism they had to add somebody to their roster. He picks somebody up. Well, Tommy Pham starts blowing up the group chat, saying that Peterson is gaming the system, making illegal moves, uh, Peterson then rebuts that comment by saying, dude, you had the same thing just happened. Like you literally have a guy on your like injured reserve. Like, what are we talking about here? And I guess it devolved into a situation where Peterson sent in the group chat, like a meme or some sort of a video, uh, that was like a joke with some of the teams and made the Padres look like assholes in this meme. It seemed like it was pretty lighthearted. He actually flipped. It's so funny, man. Major League Baseball player describing this, flipping his phone around to the reporters, like showing them this video, this meme. He's like, look, guys, like, seriously, like, this isn't like a big deal. Is it like, what, what are we talking about here? Wild. That's good fantasy knowledge out of you, too. I know you're not a fantasy guy. You've made I'm that. A, hey, you know what? I think I can solve this pretty quickly for Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham. 
Don't play fantasy football. It's for pussies. <laughs> wow. Coming right at me. Um, yeah, no, the, uh, I guess the IR in fantasy is really reserved for guys that are, like, out long-term, not somebody who's missing one game. So I guess that's where the beef was. But, like, I think Tommy Pham said something along the lines of, like, yeah, he, he did some shit that I don't condone. And that, and I had to, I had to take care of it. It's like, buddy, you're playing fucking fantasy football. Like, what, what are we talking about? Tommy Fam, I'm, I'm actually kind of shaking as I say this because Tommy Fam may walk through the front doors and just like choke me out. Tommy Fam is a raging lunatic. Like, let's let's just let's just call a spade a spade here. He played for the Cardinals. He got run out of town and sent to Tampa because he was a giant asshole in the clubhouse. He has been stabbed before in his life, not once. Twice. Do you know how big of an asshole you have to be to be stabbed twice in your life? Or super unlucky. Well, I mean, you could call it unlucky. How many times in your life have you put yourself in a situation to be stabbed? Zero. If you had been stabbed, would you ever put yourself in another situation where you're going to be stabbed? Hell no. You think you might be able to recognize the risk factors associated with potentially getting stabbed again? Not Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham stands up for everything. And everyone, whether it's fantasy football, whether it's outside the strip club, Tommy Fam is going to get in your face. Because he's a fam family man. What do you think about the wrinkle about about the wrinkle of this story that comes out later, like three or four days later? So Fam gets suspended three games. The story now comes out this week. Go ahead, get him, hit, hit him with a G. And it comes from Adam Schefter on <laughs> it's Twitter. The, it's the funniest shit ever. Adam Schefter fires off the tweet that the commissioner of this fantasy football league is Mike Trout. <laughs> and I I believe it was Fam, like, went on to say that Mike Trout is like a shitty commissioner. Worst commissioner yeah. ever. But I think he did like kind of kind of joke after that and say like nobody wanted to, do, to be the commissioner and we picked Mike or, or Mike stepped up and you know did it for the boys. But I mean, be it, you don't play fantasy. I'm I've been I'm in a few leagues. I've been in a few different leagues. I've left leagues. Being a fantasy commissioner is not easy. You take a lot of heat. There's always something that comes up. Um, you know, between between a couple of guys in the league and everybody's barking at the commissioner and. And the other thing I'll say is everybody wants to change the rules in fantasy football. That's the worst. In in season. Mid-season. So fantasy football ended what? In December or or first week of January? I haven't heard anything about fantasy football from any of the boys since since then. So, like, in order to actually fix the issues, you have to address it in the offseason and then implement it for the new season. But but that never happens. But don't you think, isn't that what Tommy Pham's doing? He's addressing it in the offseason. I mean, I, I I'm not I'm not with the slap, but like, hey, man, he, maybe 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 it's uh maybe it's for the greater good of the league. I thought Trout, somebody one of the reporters asked Trout about the criticism of his commissionership, and he he had a great deadpan answer, basically saying, "quote Every commissioner I know always gets booed." <laughs> yeah, real sports, fake sports, fantasy sports, commissioners are always taking the heat, but uh. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. They did Mike Trout like that, but it sounded lighthearted. But my, I mean, we're, we're we're slapping somebody in the workplace over fantasy football. I mean, imagine playing fantasy football with like your coworkers, and you're in the office, and you just you just slapped them, and you're like, "Yeah, I don't condone that fantasy move." Yeah, but <laughs> let me let me ask you something, right? You're playing fantasy football with your your coworkers in the office. Are you even putting money in the in the pool? Is it fifty bucks? Is it a hundred bucks? Let's say it's a hundred bucks with guys that are amenable to a fantasy football league. I guarantee you, these guys were putting big money into this pot. I think somebody said on Twitter it was a thousand bucks for the league, which like, I mean, that's like fifty bucks for you. Yeah, and I. to a major that's league ridiculous. baseball player like that, that's really not worth a slap or even batting an eye. So, but I, that also could just be speculative. I don't know. I just read it somewhere. Um, you never know. Can't believe everything you see these days. Am I right, Bob? You can't. You just can't. But nah, that 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 was a funny story. I mean, that's really the biggest highlight for me in, in baseball this week as a Phillies fan. Aside from uh, maybe I think it was Monday, Memorial Day, and you know your boy T Mac is in the booth giving a salute to service. 
So we got to shout out T Mac. That's a good move in game. You know, shouting out the uh, the service men and women out there. Uh, happy belated Memorial Day, and, and thanks to everybody out Hang there. Hang on, why was he shouting out the the military? It's Memorial Day. Well, it wasn't Veterans Day. Was he shouting out the 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 those who passed? I mean, because t- here's what I'll say about T Mac. He gets very confused. He doesn't know whether it's a Schmitter or Bulls barbecue or a pizza or a hot dog or. Well, you know, he doesn't know what's going on. Funnel cake. You mean to tell me on Memorial Day he was talking about, was he talking about veterans or what was he talking about? I, I don't know. I don't know. Where I was going with this is that the highlight of the Phillies that, that as someone who's not currently watching the Phillies mm-hmm. but came up on social media was T-Max doing the Memorial Day shout out and Nick Castellanos is at the plate and he drives one to deep left field so that you know how that's like the running joke with everybody yep. so like that's that's what happened and that's like what blew up in the internet and that's the only positive thing i've seen about the phillies you know in uh in weeks and months i don't know i mean you've been watching a little bit i know you got some feelings so i'm just going to turn it over to you for for your thoughts on the phillies right now Where, where do you want me to start? So th- this has been a, a mystifying week uh, as a Philadelphia Phillies fan. Harper going out with the elbow just recently had an injection. I think he had a, a PRP injection. Still having issues with the UCL. Gene Segura out 10 to 12 weeks with a broken finger. I mean, they're just going to slop together a, a middle infield with Stott and Nick Maton and all these guys and and the bullpen stinks, and Girardi just stands there with those stupid geriatric sunglasses on with his arms crossed like a total asshole. Like, I mean, I'm expecting Mariano to Rivera to walk out of the bullpen the way this guy stands there. But it's like, you know what it is? It's You know how you, you went off about the Flyers, about their, like, in-game arena product and how it's all stale? Oh, yeah. It's funny. It's funny you're going there, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I feel like mm-hmm. I, I've, I've seen a recent article about how the – the Phillies are becoming the Flyers of the MLB. I'm not shocked. So I got a, I got a couple of storylines I want to run past our listeners. And, and, and uh, there's there's three of them, really, I want to talk about. The first one, they spend all this money on these big-name players. They, they don't have anybody who can uh, throw a pitch over the plate, uh, get anybody out, anything, really, anything. Um. But yet, when you go on Instagram or you go on Twitter and you look at, like, what at Phillies is pumping, the, the Phillies account, for year, dude, for years this has infuriated me. It's made me even angry. It's gotten me to Tommy Pham levels of anger. They always show the Phillies highlight zoomed in, meaning they cut out the score that appears on the, on the TV. So, like, Reese Hoskins will hit a double or he'll hit a home run and he'll throw that little two up out to the bullpen as he's running around the bases hitting 220. And you'll have no clue that they're down 6-2. to two. Like, they just throw it up on Instagram as if it's, like, a game-winning home run. But, you know, Joe Public, who's just sitting there logging in, scrolling on his phone, has no idea that that home run meant absolutely nothing. So, that, that, that's number one. Number two. Same theme. Do yourself a favor. Pull out your iPhone. Type in phillies.com. Okay. You'll see the mobile website appear. On the far right at the top part of the website, you'll see the word stats. Click on that. I was interested to see what Reese Hoskins was hitting prior to this episode. Well, guess what? Click on the button. You don't have an idea. It doesn't show anybody's average. It doesn't show anybody's splits. You click on that button. You know, the first thing that pops up. Home runs. The page is just an homage to home runs. Oh, Kyle Schwarber with 11, Bryce with 10, Reese with 8. No mention that Kyle Schwarber's hitting 188. Dude, the guy can't even fucking hit his weight. 188. So bad. I got 185 in front of me right now. They're playing now. I, I don't mean to go there, and I don't, I mean... Maybe I do want to be like an I told you so guy. I, I don't know. I, I don't like being like that. But, like, I've been thinking about it for the last few days. Like, there's definitely a clip from Thoughts in the Shade, probably in March or April. And I was getting on all, all the talking heads, 
all the people, all the Phillies insiders, this team's going to mash the ball. They're going to hit so many home runs. You know, they got this awesome lineup. And I, I want to say that I said something along the lines that come June, Reese Hoskins or somebody's going to be batting 170. You did. Yep. And they're going to be. You just like, didn't know it was the whole lineup. And they're going to be like <laughs> 10 games out of first place. Dude, they're like 12 and a half or 13 out. I mean. I I I don't know. Like I'm just I'm not interested, and I don't understand how you can preseason just like imagine that they're going to be this like wagon of a team. Like doesn't just like happen overnight. You don't just like plug guys in. You you don't patch up the bullpen. Um, it's just like it's not a watchable product, and and the park is is pretty empty almost nights. So like. I don't know. I'm just at the point where I'm watching the NHL playoffs. I'm enjoying the action. The barns are are full every night. They're going nuts. The games are good. The teams are good. And, I mean, at this point, like, thank you, Phillies. Like, thank you for not sucking me in early in the year. You know, once hockey's over, once the NBA finals are over, I don't need to pay attention. I can just go and enjoy my summer because I don't think they can climb out of this. I, I agree. They stink. They got to fire Girardi. They got to they got to get rid of Hoskins. I think Hoskins is a loser. He's a Carson Wentz type guy. Yeah, they were um, boys. Yeah, they were buddies. I mean, I saw his wedding photos. He 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 got he he got he got married in a a forest green suit. Tells you the guy just wants the bag. All about the cash. That's it, man. Um, I, I mentioned three things I really wanted to talk about. The third one is this week's bone to pick of the week. I'm making a pivot. We talked about the bone. This is going to be the bone. G, do you want to do you want to give me the intro to the bone? This is the bone. Uh, it's an unexpected bone. I thought the bone was coming later, but you know what? The sooner the better. And this week's bone to pick of the week is brought to you by our lovely sponsors at Shamrock Sun. Uh, it's the 50 SPF big ass bottle of sunscreen that you need for this summer. Whether you're at the beach, at the pool, on the golf course, or just getting out of your house, doing whatever you like to do, you need a bottle of Shamrock Sun. It'll last you the whole summer. Um, so go and grab one. They're on Amazon. Uh, you can find it at shamrocksun.com. And check them out on Instagram as well. So back to you, Bomb, with the Bone to Pick of the Week. Thanks, G. Bomb's Bone to Pick of the Week this week is, uh, is a story written by a gentleman named Matt Monaghan, MLB.com. This is almost unfathomable to me, right? So you have these Major League Baseball teams coming into Philadelphia over the last 15, 10 years, whatever you want to say, right? What's Philadelphia known for? Well, they're known for cheesesteaks. Wouldn't you know it when these Major League Baseball teams happen to roll into Philly and specifically roll into Citizens Bank Park, they begin what they're calling baseball's underground cheesesteak eating contest. It all began with Dimitri Young back in the day. Wasn't a dare. He was just hungry. Hungry. The guy ate 11 cheesesteaks over a three-game series in Philadelphia. Now, folks, he didn't order a DoorDash. It wasn't Grubhub. Uh, he wasn't jetting up to Geno's or Pat's or what have you. Uh, no. No. Uh, there's a clubhouse attendant in the visitor's locker room who apparently makes a fantastic cheesesteak uh, and, and makes them on demand for these players. So basically, uh, over the years, they have created new categories, these, these visiting teams. They have one-day records, right? Uh, that was chased by former first baseman Corey Hart. Um, they have a four-game series individual record. Uh, Here's the rules, right? Uh, everything must be consumed in the clubhouse, so you can't take it out on the field. It's got to be eaten in the clubhouse. You can't yak. Uh, the meat has to be on the roll, and the bun must be filled. Okay? So let's talk through the categories of this Phillies clubhouse cheesesteak rankings, right? They have an individual three-day record. That's the gold standard. That's the original, Okay. Rockies coach Mike Jasperson with 21 and a half cheesesteaks over a three-day period. Uh, they oh. have mul multiple bullpen catchers in here. 
an individual four-day uh, record. Uh, again, Mike ja- Mike Jasperson, you know, holy hell, hopefully his cardiologist is in Philadelphia too. He had 25 in a four-game series. Um, Matt Latos uh, set the high as a pitcher, 18. But this is where you know where the Philadelphia Phillies rank, okay, in terms of just what it feels like to come into Philly. You could argue the Philadelphia Phillies' number one rival uh, in the NL East is the New York Mets. You'd think that means something. You know, Eagles going down to Dallas. Can you imagine they just started a, a, a corndog eating contest as you get to the Dallas State Fair before a big fucking game? Well, guess what, folks? That's exactly what the New York Mets did. In 2014, during a rain delay, the New York fucking Mets ate 103 cheesesteaks in a day. That's in 10 hours. Um, the previous uh, record for a team in one day was somewhere in the 80s. Uh, one of the quotes from one of the Mets said, quote, God, I just crushed four cheesesteaks. I really didn't want to move at all. So think of it. These guys are in a rain delay. Okay. Eating over 100 cheesesteaks with not a worry in the world about walking back out in the dugout and facing this group of fucking bums. <laughs> These opponents come in here. They're more worried about breaking fucking records in the clubhouse, eating cheesesteaks, than facing the slop coming out of our bullpen. I am disgusted. Disgusted. It's valid, man. I don't even know what to say. It's like everything's just like coming to Philly is just like a big game. Like not a big sport game. It's like a big like come in, see the city, get a cheesesteak or, you know, try out the restaurants or go see the Rocky statue or something like that. I mean, other than than the link and, and the Eagles right now, I don't really think that any of our teams inspire any fear whatsoever. None at all. None at all. I mean. And did one of these, like, cheesesteak tasting things happen recently, too? Yeah, the Rockies. Um, dude, it's like, it, it's like no big deal. These guys are professional athletes, and it's like, oh, we're coming into Philly. Oh, they'll treat us good. They got a fucking clubhouse attendant there whipping up steaks, like, Made the order. Like, what, the, what is that bullshit? While I'm getting the slop out in Ashburn Alley, they're making made-to-order cheesesteaks down in the clubhouse for free for these guys. These guys are professional athletes. They probably take real good care of their diet, like, all year. And then they, every year the schedule comes out, and they see the three games against the Phillies, and they're like, oh, I'm fucking splurging that week. This is it, man. <laughs> Dude, the one guy said he, he played in the series. He gained nine pounds on a three-game weekend series. Probably three dubs and nine pounds. It... it, it. I don't know what to say. I'm I'm flabbergasted when I read this story. It was like a really long, well-researched story too. Like it wasn't like a little hit piece of like, here's, here's what's going on in Philly. It was like a long storied history. And it just goes to show you the kind of culture they have down there. And you said it, right? You can come into the stadium. There's no fear. We'll treat you like family. We'll get you a cheesesteak. Hell, you can eat yourself out of your pants and you could still come in and hit off our pitchers. And I'm not like shitting on, on the Philly fans like the Phillies or the Philadelphia fans in general like we have great fans we have passionate fans but like if you go down to like a weeknight like Mets game or like a weeknight like Dodgers game in the summer like those opposing fans are making more noise at Citizens Bank Park than than the Phillies fans and and granted that it's probably because they're winning but like these people just come in and have an absolute fucking time like I, I know it's it's old and people are tired of hearing about it and Every city has uh, has their quirks or their downfalls, but like, can we get back to like the throwing snowballs at Santa Claus? Yeah, or batteries at JD Drew. Like, can we inspire some fear into an opponent and into opposing fan bases? I mean, th- this is one of the best stories. One of the Nationals uh, bench players, he was a minor leaguer. They called him up, Adrian Sanchez. So this is a guy that's been in the big leagues for a cup of fucking coffee, literally trying to make sure he keeps his. Uh, Union card and stays in the big leagues. Well, guess what? He's six feet, 197 pounds. In 2021, he housed 10 and a half cheesesteaks during a game. Uh, he had three before the game. He had three around the first or second inning, three more in the fourth to fifth, 
and then he rested, and then he ate his final one-and-a-half cheesesteaks postgame. He never got put in the game. And the Nationals broadcast that night said, wow, what a true baseball feat. This is a guy who's a minor leaguer, up for a cup of coffee, housing ten-and-a-half cheesesteaks because he's in Philly. This franchise is a disgrace. That's the kind of gig that I need, though. Like, <laughs> you know, a couple hundred Gs, a couple cheesesteaks, sit on the pine, nobody's ripping you. And and the and the away team, you know, clerk or uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, clubhouse attendant is is serving up the cheesesteaks. That's that's an insane pull out of you. Um, and it, it's it's just sad. Like it even makes me think. Like this week, you know, they're doing the the renovations to the club level at Wells Fargo Center. And like the only thing they're pumping out is like a a video of gritty. And Franklin or whoever the Sixers mascot oh, is now, that, oh. and they're taking the first hammer to the walls at the club level, like, like, like it's a carnival or like a circus or it's like for the little kids. Like, what are we doing? Like, let's knock that shit down. Let's let's build it back up. And I mean, why don't we save the cash, put some bleachers in there, and and use the cash to like build a better team for the Sixers or the Flyers? I couldn't agree more. Everything's a circus. Everything's good times. Every like do it for the social media. Yeah, post. it's all for the social media. Ten and a half cheesesteaks. Franklin's coming out. He'll jump on a trampoline. Gritty will uh, skydive down with Miley Cyrus playing. I'm so sick and tired of all the 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 bullshit carnival act. You hit it on the head. It's a carnival act. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know if other other cities do this. I mean, I, I you know, I watch. Uh, a number of football and, and hockey games for out-of-market teams, and I feel like I, I, I don't see these kind of antics. Truth be told, I, I can't really get on the Eagles too much. Normally, they keep it about football for the most part. Like, yeah, Swoop is running around with, like, the cheerleaders or whatever midweek doing some stuff for, like, Eagles autism awareness. Like, they ch- typically keep it about charity. I feel like with the other mascots, obviously the Phillies don't have – with the Phillies, um, with the Fanatic, he's in-game. But like with like gritty and Franklin, it's like it's like social media bullshit. Like it's it's all about like what what can we do to get likes on Instagram or Twitter. That doesn't make me want to go to the game. That doesn't make me want to be a fan. What makes me want to be a fan is watching a team that wins, or if the team can't win, at least a team that like plays hard and, and is building something. Which neither of the teams that play at the Wells Fargo Center. Give me any hope or inspiration that something is being built. It looks like both both organizations are going backwards. Do you think they need to get rid of the mascots across the all four sports? Yeah, I mean it's realistically like, well, the fanatic. I like the fanatic. I feel like the fanatic's always been there, kind of right. But like for the rest of them, like, why do we have to turn it turn everybody into like a college team and have a mascot? Like, this isn't college sports. This is professional. Yeah, I've always associated mascots more with college. It's, like, a fun thing, like, during March Madness or during a football game. Like, you know, like, St. Joe's just getting throttled by 50 and just looking over and seeing that stupid hawk flapping its wings. Like, like you got to eat that up. The but, hawk will never die, man. Keeps but, flapping. I mean, yeah, I mean, I even the fanatic, he's worn out. as. I, this is going to sound sacrilegious. Spare me. You know what I mean? You're done. The real mascot is that bozo at first base, Reese Hoskins, sticking his two fingers so high in the air like an asshole after he clubs a, a meaningless home run down eight to three. I mean, let, let that guy dance on top of the dugout between innings. He can actually earn a fucking paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> That's Philly, man. It's it's whack. It just it just makes you think sometimes too. Like I don't know. Look, look looking at the mascots and people like eating it up like. Does anybody in this town, and I know people do, and the sports people do, but does anybody in this town watch any sports other than the Philadelphia teams? No, they breathe through their mouths, and all they watch is the the Homer games. That's it. Like that's that's a really big issue of like why I think like people, some people just accept what's going on in the city and keep trotting down to Broad Street and. $16 beers, 50 to park, and it, it's a beautiful night at Citizens Bank. You can sweat your dick off and watch the Phillies lose fucking 11 to 8. Like, Oh, but T-Max got you sold on that fucking sloppy Schmitter. Yeah. Come on down. All right. Enough. I've had enough, you know, 
been a positive uh been, been a positive fun show up until that but uh in other news figured we touch on it quickly uh Madden 23 probably come out in August I don't know, I don't know the release date but first time since I want to say probably 99 or 2000 that John Madden will be gracing us uh on the cover of the EA Sports Madden video game uh Bob I know you wanted to put this on the list so what do you got Yeah I mean Obviously, John Madden, legend, died uh, a few months back. And uh, frankly, Madden hasn't been the same since the move, I would argue, to PS3 and 360. And I think historically, Madden was at its best during the PS2, uh, during the the original Xbox, during the GameCube era. Um, So, I don't know. I mean, I was... Pleasantly surprised to hear that they're putting John Madden on the on the on the cover of of Madden twenty three. But are they going to fix the game? I don't know. Yeah, I I agree with you that the older Maddens were better. It was more fun. I mean, granted, probably at that time you weren't playing people online. Like that that might be the only perk of playing the game. More recently, is like one of your boys doesn't have to come over for you to get some some competition. But yeah, the game. It's kind of trash. I took a lot of time off from it. I, I might have bought it in like 20 or 21 with COVID and being home and everything. Yep. Played it for a couple of weeks and then never never touched it again. But like, yeah, man, like when we were young, w- the boys were rallying up in somebody's basement playing fucking rushing attack for like six hours until somebody's parents were yelling at us to go outside. Dude, it was unreal running through those like... There's blue, uh, <laughs> like the the cones. Yeah, dude, it was. I remember the coffin corner punts, dude. It was sick. Pa- pa- the passing attack. Oh yeah, they yeah. had like the most rich, like single player and multiplayer experience of all time. Even their franchise mode was so deep, like you could play it out for like twenty years. You could build stadiums. You could set concession prices. And now it's like you go on Xbox Live, you download the game, they pop you for seventy bucks, and 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 all you're worried about is opening up packs and MUT Madden Ultimate Team. Yeah, like what are we what are we doing here? Let's get back to the blocking and tackling. Let's get back to the meat and potatoes, of Madden. Yeah, but at least they got Patrick Mahomes like Frohawk right now. Dude, like you know, the graphics man looks just like him. Yeah, it's not, dude. If you gave me the 2003 graphics and the 2003, like, game engine where those guys, like, actually got tackled and actually spun in the right direction, I mean, I, I would pay for that right now. And John Madden on the call, above all. So, let me let me ask you something. So, obviously, you know, this is a timely thing with the NHL playoffs. So, they have their ESPN. One of the reasons why I want to talk about Madden, right? So, they, they have the ESPN commercials for the NHL playoffs. And they got Andrew WK on the commercials for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's get a party going. Let's oh, yeah. get a party. I mean, that just struck such a nostalgic nerve. It was Madden 03, Marshall Falk on the cover, a phenomenal game before you got to like the Superman Vic game in 04, before you got to the hit stick in 04, or I think it was the hit stick in 06. They had the passing cone in 05, like 03 was the Madden. And that, that was the song with 03? Yeah, Andrew WK, man. Let's get Yeah, I know the song. I know the song. Remember they had Good Charlotte? Dude, that that soundtrack. Yeah, they had, they had gas soundtracks, was too. was unreal. Yeah. Nah, man, it's... Uh, it's been 20 years since that Madden 03. They got to throw it back. Bring back the shitty graphics. Like, Just release that with updated rosters. Seriously. I'd be in. I'd, I'd fucking buy it, but... Um, I don't know if you had anything else, but I just mentioned while we're on the topic of John Madden, I think uh, I think it was around, might have been the Christmas Day NFL games this year. Like before they played those games in the evening and in the late night game, they aired a John Madden special. I think it was with Fox. Yep. Yeah, it was like Christmas night or I something. I don't know if you saw it. I don't I know did. if we talked about it on the pod, but for anybody out there that hasn't seen it, that's a must watch, like an absolute must watch. Uh, I guess it was a documentary kind of. Yeah, it was like a documentary. Short he was film. In, yeah, he was. In, yeah, it was like a film. I honestly it left me wanting more. Like, I wish they, I wish they did it. Like, because the big theme of the show was like this guy was like a Hall of Famer in three different careers. Like, it was unreal what this guy did. Yeah. So, if anybody out there hasn't seen that yet, uh, 
you got to put it on the list and and check it out because thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, and I'm not really watching a ton outside of uh, some sports these days, but that one's that one's worth setting some time aside for. Anything else on on old John? No. God rest his soul. Um, I guess we'll just wrap quickly. Uh, some drama in the golf world, and it's not pertaining to Bomb and I uh, or me breaking his stones on the 18th hole a couple times this past weekend, but uh, this Live League is uh, is live, alive and well. I don't, maybe not well, but I guess some big names uh, from the PGA Tour are, are uh, making the plunge in this Live League, uh, most notably Dustin Johnson. Uh, some of the other names I saw was Sergio Garcia. Obviously, you know, we, he has his gripes with the PGA Tour right now. I think Ustazen is going over. I think so. Poulter's involved. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know a ton about it. I don't know how to feel about it, Bob. Why don't you fill, fill me in, and then I'll, uh, you know, maybe react a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Greg Norman has has uh, been behind this. He's the CEO of Live Golf, and uh, – He's old, uh, could you say he's had some bones to pick over the years with the PGA Tour? I guess you could say that. Certainly. Uh, and his quote when they announced the field was, quote, free agency has finally come to golf. It's an opportunity to start a movement that will change the course of history by bringing new and open competition to the sport we all love. Um, yeah, I mean, some big names. Uh, definitely a smaller field. So I think to date they have announced 42 players. They have six open positions. I'll just throw it out there. I'm willing to play for Saudi oil, oil money. Wow. Do you do you want to play? I mean, it sounds like a lot of cash. I did see that, right? Aren't they – is this first event this weekend? Uh, let's see what the date is. It's coming up. Let me show. But I, I thought I saw they, like, group, group – it's, like, what, a 42-person field or 45 or something like that, and it's, like, teams of four that can make some cash, and then individually you can make some cash, like – so it's, it's, it's June 9th through the 11th. So there's a couple couple big things, right? So instead of the typical PGA Tour event that's four days, you know, you got so it's a three-day event. Everybody plays all three days. I've heard from some of the guys, they they think it's better on their family life because of, you know, you got little kids, blah, 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 blah. Great. Um, the other thing is there's some, like, team element to it, I guess, in some ways, right? So it's not like just going out there and posting the low, you know what I mean, the low score. There's, like, there's like a team element to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see the different formats and, uh, interested to see kind of how this thing differentiates itself from the PGA tour. I will say like, there's been a ton of backlash, obviously Jack won't get behind it. You know, they're, they're, they're since, since they're doing the, uh, you know, the tournament at his place this week, they asked him, he was offered a ton of money by the Saudis or this tour, whoever it is behind it. He turned it down. Um, but the big news really is uh, PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan, you know, basically saying that these players will face stiff penalties for competing in the the live circuit. Um, I mean, it's just it's just interesting to me, right? Like these guys aren't employees of the PGA Tour, and I'm not a legal expert, but like, how do these guys get health care? Like, my understanding is they're contractors, are they not? I honestly have no idea, and like I, I'm curious um, to know, like I don't know why why is it such a big issue with like the PGA Tour? Like, if isn't it just like supply and demand? If you can, if I can leave my job today and go get more money somewhere else for doing the same thing, like why can't I do that? Particularly if you're not like an employee of that. Like, I don't think you're an employee of the PGA Tour. Like, you get a tour card. You get paid. I mean, the one thing I will say that's, like, a benefit of the PGA Tour, it's, like, a pure meritocracy. The better you play, the more you get paid. Great. But for those guys who have some name recognition and can go out there and command a bigger dollar uh, or a bigger purse or what have you, I mean, Norman said it best. It's like free agency. This feels a little bit like the USFL back in the day, not this current version of the USFL, <laughs> but the USFL that was like drafting a Jim Kelly down to Houston. And Jim Kelly saying, you know what? I ain't going to fucking Buffalo. I'm going to Houston. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, um, Monahan is threatening fines, suspensions, lifetime bans. 
uh, we saw, some, I thought it was odd too. I mean, we saw stories of, of some of these guys getting their sponsorships pulled. Yeah, DJ, I think with like RBC, had the big, big uh, sponsorship sponsorship up in uh, in Canada. I think they, they nixed that like immediately. What is that about? I, I, dude, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't really understand all, all the logistics and, and what's going on here. Um, so it'll be interesting to, to see it unfold. It's kind of kind of where I'm at right now. But you would think, like, it's going to change some things with the game of golf because there's some notable names going over. Uh, there's been a number of, of guys that have voiced their displeasure with the PGA Tour in, in recent times. Um I didn't see Phil Mickelson's name on the list, and it looked like they had like left a, an empty spot on their roster. So I don't know if if he's going, um, but obviously he's not in uh, the good graces of the PGA Tour right now. So I, I don't know. I, I I guess we just bring it to light and and see what happens. I'm definitely gonna watch it. I mean this this adds to the intrigue. That's what I was going to say. Is it on TV? Have they talked about that at all? It's got to be, right? When you think, I mean, maybe not CBS with Jim Nance. Hello, friends. But, you know, you got to get somebody else. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, obviously more more to come. We'll see who who gets banned, who who, who gets a little more leeway. But uh, I don't know. Competition is always good. Um, maybe they can... And and not that you ever root for uh, for 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 a tour that's funded by the Saudis, but in some ways, perhaps there's an ability to take some of the concepts that prove to be exciting and deploy them on the PGA Tour. Yeah, like, improve, improve some, the tour. Let's just watch something that's more exciting. Like I'd love this. You know how excited people get for like the Ryder Cup, things like that, like team events. Like imagine you're able to pick your own partner, like like. Bryson versus Brooks, or maybe they play together. Like that's all the stuff people love. Like, and we talked a little bit about like your boy Tiger getting paired with Rory and and Spieth. Like, I want to see these guys playing team events and try to shove it up each other's asses. Like, instead, we just get, you know, oh, let's let, can we make the cut? Can we, you know, we play match play every weekend. We're not playing stroke play. You know what I mean? That's that's all the tour is. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, do you have anything else on that? Yeah. I mean, I would just say like talking about us playing match play, like I'm, uh, I'm fortunate enough to, to catch an invite to Sandy run country club on Friday, uh, wow. with a good buddy, good friend, uh, fan of the show doing a, uh, three, nine hole matches, little member guest action. And I, I just think to myself, like all, all these rounds grinding with bond for cash, like, I'm not gonna be phased out there. Like, yeah, I might battle tested. I might hit it like shit. Some things might go wrong. We might miss a couple two footers, but you know what? Nah, you ain't missing a two because <laughs> I make you put those out. Those yeah. would be cash. That's right. That's right. No, we're, we're battle tested. Um, I'll be ready to go, but no, really looking forward to it. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens with with all this golf shit. I don't know. It seems very very hectic, moving pretty fast, kind of chaotic, but. Yeah, if comp- I feel like nothing but good can come out of competition, it'll improve product whether it's here, there, or wherever. Um, but we'll keep we'll keep an eye. I on mean, that. actually, bef- before we move on, you as you said that it kind of struck something with me. Think yeah. think about like even just the viewing experience of a typical tour event when you're watching TV. There's no rhyme or reason to when they come on the air. There's no rhyme or reason for. You know, oh, we're gonna wait in the two forty two group. Uh, Dustin Johnson's going off. So in this live thing, which I thought was awesome, it's 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 a shotgun start. Wow! So you're not oh come back to us at two fifteen. Uh, uh, Scotty Scheffler's going off in the last group. Like, no, let's just go off and let's just see where the chips fall at the end of the day. You're not seven seven a.m. on uh, ESPN Plus till one Bingo. o'clock, and then your golf channel from one to two, and then mm-hmm. your ESPN or CBS from from two to eight. Yep. Put in a fucking twelve-hour day watching golf. No, that's, that's interesting. It makes makes it more viewable for people that have something to do other than sit on their ass and watch golf for twelve hours, which I have done, uh, you know, a handful <laughs> of times in my life. But four four or five hours uh, to to see everybody is uh, preferable, I'd say. Um, but no, th- that's that's all I got. You got anything else? You that's it. 50, man. No, no additional bone to pick of the week. 5-0. 50. Uh, it's live. Uh, it's, it's 
it's been a pleasure. Look forward to doing more of these these live shows. Um, that's all I got. I mean, I'll just say thanks to Menard Premium Detailing, uh, our other sponsor, uh, the best auto detail service in Bucks County. They're on MenardPremiumDetailing.com. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. They're on YouTube. You got to check them out. And they've got an event coming up. I believe it's Sunday, June 11th. Uh, tacos and tailpipes. Big car show. A lot of fun. Beer, tacos, ton of people, ton of cars. I think Bob and I are going to go check we'll it out. There. We're going to we'll check it out. Should we do a live pod? Maybe we'll do a live pod. We got the gear now. Um, we'll see what happens. But that's all I got for this week. Wherever you're listening, five stars, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Uh, leave us a review. Want us to talk about something? Hit, hit us up on Instagram. Uh, and most of all, thank you everybody for listening to episode 50 of Thoughts from the Shade. We will talk to you next week. Yeah.